0: able to extend our ministry through the former Soviet Union, giving training to over than 2,000 people from 11 different countries. Six of those countries are post-Soviet Muslims countries, organizing and planting four extension teaching points in our, of our university in Muslim countries like Kazakhstan, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, and Kyrgyzstan. The ministry are working together, spreading uh, the good news through the all over post-Soviet countries in Central Asia, Caucasus area, in Crimea, Siberia, up to the North Pole. Helping Muslims to hear the good news of salvation. In the last 25 years, our world went to such big changes from which, from one hand, those changes are helping us to take the good news to other people, but from the other hands rise a lot of barriers in being successful in sharing the good news with those who never heard the gospel. For example, I will mention several of them, advanced of science and technology. From one side, science should or bringing new discovery, we understand how the complexity, how we understand the complexity of this world, and in the same time, technology helps us to reach some corners of the earth never used to be before. But the world became more secular. And the world is taking apart itself from the Lord. The other challenge, the other barrier is uh, the West slowly begin de christianized And this is another problem right now in a mission field. No longer Christian and non-Christian countries today it's very difficult to, to see because of the movement and migration. The whole world is in a uh, movement today. They are moving from one place to another. And this is, again, we cannot see specific Christian countries with high moral standards. Also, the globalization is another barrier. The differences from Christians and non-Christians are not seen anymore. Everyone lives in the world like a secular person. And we need to understand that and see what is our position as evangelical believers in that. Also, a religious pluralism uh, is another barrier. Today, since 1951, uh, when... Uh, the witchcraft was freely uh, open for Western country when blasphemy was taken uh, from the list of punishing people. And right now people uh, can blame God for everything and for every uh, problem they face in their life. And uh, now this religious pluralism also uh, helped to rise... A kind of, a lot of uh, Eastern religions. And uh, the other problem we face today globally is the global economical and political crisis. Everywhere where we are going, we hear about crisis, political crisis, economical crisis. People are not agree with their leaders and their leaders are not agree with their people. Looking at this list, of things we are asking ourselves what we should do and of what we should be aware of to do not hinder the spreading the good news until the whole world, world hears. Of course, some will say, we need to adopt some new methods to do it. The others may say, no, we should keep the world good ones to fulfill the task. Let us think through these two, p- two things, about new methods and about world methods. But first of all, I will suggest that we need to raise a simple question. What we should do to be successful in taking the good news? To those who never heard the good news, were put it another way, how to prevail in our task of proclaiming proclaiming the good news until the whole world hears. There are some difficult places where it's not easy to take the good news. Some of our graduates years ago, they went to uh, work among Eskimo people in the north part of Russia. And one of them came back with the freezed toes. was very difficult. The situation was difficult there. Not the people, but the environment and the situation, natural situation, was difficult for him. There is some hard headed people or stubborn people who are rejecting the good news. And I can tell you that. Most of the people in the world today they are hard headed or stubborn. Currently, all of the missionaries are agree that it's very difficult to take the good news to Muslims. And many missionaries are stepping back from doing the mission work among Muslims. So, what we should do with 1,300,000,000 of Muslims? And I need to remind you that the Islam is one of the fastest growing religions in the world today. What we should do with them? Do they deserve salvation in our understanding? Or we should leave them behind? Our Lord Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a testimony unto the nation. Unto the nation, and then shall the end come. Accordingly to the gospel I am reading, I understand that we should take the good news to Muslims too. Even is not easy, but I will tell you that it is not easy to take the good news in a secular world. But there is a question, why in this secular world, Islam prevails when some Christians are not prevailing? The answer is, we cannot stop. If we have a good news, we owe it to others. We cannot stop. Of course, we are agreed that we need some vital principles to a healthy Christian life, for a healthy ministry to unsaved people. This is the key. We need to hold it. And uh, we need to go back to Jesus' time and learn why the disciples were so successful in their ministry, taking the good news Being persecuted, but taking the good news to the whole Roman Empire during that time. Because the target was set by Christ. We should ask him to teach us some vital principles to a healthy Christian life, which I think will help us to fulfill the task. And when the whole world will hear our beloved Saviour. Will come to take us from the place he uh, take us to the place he prepared for us in heaven, where he shall wipe our uh, away every tear from the eyes of those who seek for him for his coming and suffer for that, and death shall be no more neither shall there be mourning, or crying, nor pain, or any more. How to prevail in our task until the whole world hears? As I mentioned, we need to learn some vital life principles. Many times when I was younger, I was looking to find, to learn some principles, to get a kind of peel swallow it, and then become very successful in, the, in God's ministry. And many young people are thinking like that. Oh, that's, we need to find that recipe. And when we will use it, we will be successful. But Jesus told us life principles. We need to live our Christian life and share it through facts, works, and with words. And I want to take you back 2,000 years ago to the shore of the Galilee Sea and learn what Jesus taught his disciples. He gave them some vital life principles at that meeting, at that miraculous fishing they had. And we read in other translations, we read, On the occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and uh, were washing their nets. It's very interesting to understand what happens behind that. Sometimes, or most of the times, we who grew up in the West, Europe and you in the United States, we read the gospel through our Western eyes. But we need to read it through Asian eyes. When I started to go and do the ministry among Muslims, many things in my understanding of the New Testament and the Old Testament were changed. Because I understood culturally what was going on in each event. And uh, going back right now for 2,000 years at the shore of the Galilee, of the Sea of Galilee, we see that Jesus, who started his teaching and preaching ministry there, was surrounded by a lot of people. And... One of the days, he made a deal with Simon Peter. We need to see it. When I'm going to Central Asia, and I'm going to the marketplace, I need to develop the art of bargaining. You know, people in the West do not bargain, And I, I was not adjusted to it. When I first time in 2000, I went to Uzbekistan... And at the end of my courses, uh, some of the students took me to the marketplace. They have a very nice market with a lot of different kinds of fruits, nuts, and many other, uh, many different stuff. And I just approached a person and wanted to buy something. But the students pulled me by my hand and said, Brother Mihai, you look very funny. You need to bark you need to bargain with them in other way they will feel that they will think that you are a foolish person and they will foolish you i could not do it i step back and let them do it do the, do it for me but i learn i learned here a very important principle jesus was a jew peter was a jew too and i will tell you that arabs are small people uh, when we talk about bargaining, Arabs, Turks, they are little boys in comparison with Jewish people when we talk about bargaining, Now, how we can understand that Peter gave to Jesus the boat for free? No. No way. Peter didn't knew Jesus very well. But... At that moment, I think there was an agreement behind the scene, behind the text. We see that there was an agreement. Peter borrowed the boat to Jesus. And from here, we learn the first life principle. If we want to succeed in sharing the good news with others, we need to commit our heart to God. What We need to loan it. To Jesus, We need to loan to Jesus our entire life as Peter loaned his boat. This is the first principle. Many times we want to do the ministry with foreign hands. We have a saying in Romanian, take the fire with the foreign hands. We like it. We like how the fire will look in other hands but not in our hands. We need to be involved ourselves, And uh, Jesus did that with Peter. And now I will share a few things to understand the context. The lake of Gennesaret, or the Sea of Galilee, which from above looks like a water harp, has 15 miles in length, 7 miles in breadth, And the deepest place is about 150 feet with a very clear water. This summer, I took our faculty, a group of faculty, to visit Israel. And we were on the Sea of Galilee. And now, see, Peter was working as a fisher. As a fisher, he was working the whole night. And he knew when he needs to go to fish. And where he needs to go to fish. But something happened here. Jesus said to him, just give me, loan me your boat, and then we will work out. I will tell you what to do after. Or maybe Peter thought that Jesus would pay him for the boat. After Jesus finished his teaching, something very interesting happened. Jesus is asking Peter to pull the boat on the depth and drop the net. That was a kind of foolish thing to do. I'm not a fisher, but I have a brother who is a very good fisher. And times to times he was taking me to fish with him. And all the time when we were going to fish, we never go to the depth. We were going to the edge of the lake to fish there. And never went in the clear water to fish during the daytime. We went there early morning or even sometimes at night. I was helping him. And I couldn't understand why we are going at night. But you see here, Peter did that as a perfect fisher. But now Jesus is asking him to pull the boat to the depth. And from here, from Peter's answer or attitude, we are learning the second life principle. At that moment, Peter should act by faith, not by reason. And here we're learning the second life principle. If we want to be successful in sharing the good news to people, we need to let the faith in the Lord prevail or dominate our reason. Let the face of the Lord prevail or dominate over your reason. Of course, in the fifth verse, we read, And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, word, I will let down the net. You see, Peter knew how to fish. And he might say, Oh, Master, you are a great teacher. I never heard something similar, you said. But I'm a fisher. You are a teacher. I'm a fisher. I cannot go to fish on a depth. But see what happens here. The text tells us that at that moment, Peter said, Even we toil all night and took nothing. Now I will follow your world." And I will let down the nets. You know, many Muslims are coming to know Christ. Not through our great speeches. They are coming to know the Lord through the power of the gospel. They are coming to know the Lord through dreams and visions and miraculous healings. Most of the Western world is rejecting these kind of things. Because they have no way to explain that. Was their reason. And now, after 17th century, till now, the reasoning became the enemy of the face. Of course, God created us in his image, and he created us reasonable people. And we don't need to reject the reason, but we need to be very careful here. We need to follow the Lord by faith, not by reasoning. To succeed in taking the good news to the end of the earth, making it accessible for every man to hear it, we should learn from the other for these important lessons Peter took. A Christian theologian in the 4th century named Athanasius said, by grace through faith... God became the father of those whose the creator was. We need to understand this. Working in uh, difficult places, we need to trust the power of God. The power of God will touch their hearts, not our reasonable arguments. Several years ago, I was in, uh, in Kazakhstan. Leading a conference uh, on contextualization, the gospel in an Islamic context. And I had in the class a person who was miraculously healed by God. And I asked him, Nicholas, uh, Nurlan was his name, and he said, Nurlan, how you tell me about your experience, how you become a Christian. And he said, You know, I was sick. I grew up in a Muslim family. I was sick. For seven days I was not eating nothing, I was close to death. And one night in my, my room was filled with light. And being a Muslim, I said, "Whoa, the Allah came to save me, because I heard a voice addressing myself. And uh, the voice said, "I'm not the Allah. I am Jesus. Would you like to be healed?" Leave your bed and walk home. That was the voice I heard. I stood up and went home. And right away, his family, instead to rejoice, because he was miraculously healed, they started to persecute him. For five years, he was not able to meet his parents, because every time when they were meeting him, they were beating him because he betrayed their religion. But then I asked him a question, Nurlan, how you knew that, that that was Jesus? You know I have a Western mind. He looked at me and said, but how I know that you are Mihai Malancha?" Jesus introduced himself. He spoke to me. And the fact that I was healed, I never questioned anymore. His godliness. And many things like that. Happens in that part of the world. We should go by faith. Of course. Later we can prove. Some of those actions. I remember. uh, Another quotation from the. Other western church father. Augustine. He used to say. Presede fide intellectus. Even he was a very very wise person. He used to trust the Lord. He came to know Christ, listening to a phrase of a small boy's tole and lege, tole and lege, he heard this phrase, take the book and read, take the book and read. And when he took the New Testament and read it, he accepted the Lord, being a philosopher. And later he said, you know, we need to come to Christ, as children with a simple face, trusting him. The next principle we learn comes from Peter's answer after catching a lot of fish. When we read, we read in the verse 6 and 7, we see that the success visited finally Peter. Peter was obedient to Jesus And he dropped the net onto the deep, depth, water. And right now we read, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. And when they had done this, they they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signalized to their partners in the other boat to come and help them and they came and fulfilled and filled both boats so that they began to think. Now we need to understand what is in this scene as well. What is behind that passage or these uh, verses? When you are getting to the success, what is your response? If Jesus will bless you in such a way he blessed Peter, what will be your response? You know, many business people today will say, wow, we made a deal. Jesus, I will say this, Jesus, come tomorrow. I will give you my boat tomorrow. You will do your teaching and then just tell me where I need to pull my boat and the deal will be done. But when Peter saw so great success came, visited him, he was afraid. Why? Because he understood that he is on the holy ground. Many times we are missing this. When we reach the success in the ministry, we forgot about the Lord who blessed us and took us to that. We, are, we want some grants for that. And we want to tell people how successful we are. What will be your response? Simon's response to God's blessing was, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And we learn the third principle here. Be sensitive to the work of the Holy Spirit when you prevail in your work for the Lord. The third principle, life principle, we learn from this answer, Peter's answer, we learn to be sensitive to the work of the Holy Spirit when we are prevailing in the ministry. Mother Teresa had a famous quotation. She said, The problem of modern Christians is not in the success The problem of modern Christians is in remaining faithful to God. We need to stay faithful in in our Lord. And this is very important for us when we go to do the ministry in such difficult places. Then, at the end, Jesus is coming with a even greater challenge for them. Asking Peter and his friends to leave their, their job and follow him. The last life principle we learn is from challenge Jesus made to Peter and his friend. We read in the eleven verse. And when they had brought their boats to land, they let everything, they left everything and followed him. Dear friends, brothers, and sisters, can you imagine how this worked? Can you see behind the scene what was going in Simon's and his friends' hearts? Let's search their hearts for a moment and see. Do you think that was very simple? When I was a kid, I grew up in a Christian family, and every time we were coming to this passage, I thought, whoa, they just right away followed their master. But I think Peter has to question the calling, first of all. Peter and his friends were fishing for life. Fishing was their life that was their full-time job. Also, the surrounding area of the Sea of Galilee is a rocky area where there are no many other jobs available for them. Right now, Peter is hearing the challenge Would you like to leave your job and follow me? Now, when Jesus makes that call to them, Definitely, they did think, if we will follow him, what we should eat, what we should dress, what will happen with our family, and many questions like this. In other words, they should evaluate Jesus' calling before they accept it. How this is going? How I I will live? How, How I should live by faith? And I will give you one example. When in 1990, I had the opportunity to leave my country and go to Romania to study theology. I had three kids. And I have a strong desire to go. When my brothers, I have another brother who is a pastor. And I was involved in a youth ministry. When they heard that I, I want to leave Moldova and go to Romania. Even Moldova was part of Romania in the history, but now we are separate. They heard that I want to go and study, and the condition was that I need to go without my family. They questioned me a lot, and they tried to stop me from that. But I went there. And after two years, I brought my family to the city of Bucharest. And I had no scholarship. I was just. Working by face. I learned how to work by face. And at one point. I was driving with a. a Pastor to a church. And I was supposed to preach. On one of the Sunday mornings there. He looked at me and said. Brother Mihai. I heard that you have four children. And. And. You are studying here at our seminary. He said, yes, I do. Do you have a job? He said to me. No, I don't. But how you live here with four kids in the Bucharest city? I have four kids, and I am dealing very hard with that. But how you survive? Are you a faithful man, or you are a foolish man? I said, maybe Both. But it was very interesting. I never went to search for a job. God was taking care. And I never had a sponsor for a scholarship. I was doing everything I need to do. But God is faithful. I remember one day I get one, my oldest son, who is uh, 27 now. He was six years old at the time. And uh, I wanted him to study in the primary school there. And I went to ask and talk to the principal. And when I was talking to the person, the principal came and uh, looked at me and said, Who you are, sir? What you are looking for? I said, I want my, my boy to study in your school. She looked at me and said, prepare such documents and I will give a scholarship for your boy. I never asked. I, I never knew what, if that is possible. But they helped my boy and my boy, six years old boy, feded our family. You see, Jesus is asking Peter here to leave everything. Or, in other words, to trust God fully. When Jesus made that call to them, definitely... They should evaluate the worth or earthly values with the divine, put them in opposition with the divine values. But finally, they brought their boats to land. And I like that image, when they pulling them to the, boat, to the land, they left everything and followed him. In the light of the fishing event took place in the Simon Peter's life. We are called by our Lord Jesus to evaluate and compare the earthly and divine values all the time. Doesn't matter what kind of job or ministry do you have. What kind of job do you have? It's your ministry. And you need to fully trust God and give it to God. If we really want to be successful in our Christian life, making possible the world hear the good news, then please, dear brothers and sisters, give to Jesus your heart and the entire body now, today. Not look at others, but we need to do it now. Secondly, live by faith and let the face to prevail over your reason. Because Jesus might ask you to do some things, you will not understand them. I never could understand that I will lay down or I will finish to work among Muslims. You know, mission work was on my heart since I, I, was, uh, I was 15 years old. And uh, I never thought that I would go to do a ministry among Muslims. But later in 2000, when God opened the door for me to study for my PhD with the State University in Romania, God opened that door to me and challenged me to do something, to write something and do research on how should we be effective in a ministry towards Muslims. And I never thought that I would do it. But later when I get to that door... You know what God did? He shut the door. And was, I could not go back. Now I am enjoying to see how God is working and changing a lot of lives in the Muslim world. Thirdly, be sensitive to the work of the Holy Spirit always in your life. And evaluate carefully how you should follow Jesus in your Christian life. Take your boat to the land and surrender, surrender everything to Jesus. And then we will be successful fisher of men. And may God bless us and be with us till the day he will come again. Amen.